love for us is. We'd like to just stop and breathe all this in, process the fact that you loved us so much, Lord. We embrace it, Lord. We hold on to it. And we'd ask now that you to open our ears to hear what your word would say. And the church of God said, amen. You may be seated. Good evening. I'm four inches shorter than Pastor Brett, but much better looking. <laughs> Brett, that's for you. He's one of my best friends, actually. Uh, love him. Pastor Brett, how are you? He is recovering from his trip, which was a very productive trip. As we know, our pastor was in the Sudan doing ministry there, uh, teaching some of the brothers in South Sudan about how to pastor, and more importantly, some just some great refreshing time for him. He's, he's radically changed, just to let you know. I've had some time to talk to him, and he is not the man that left, which is obvious when you go do things like that. It can't but help but change your life. Amen. Amen. Mrs. Turner, how are you? I love her husband, by the way. He's, he's been an unbelievable blessing in my life, and I'll share some of that tonight. Uh, if you would, open up your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Title of the message is, What Time Is It For You? The title of the message is, What Time Is It For You? There's going to be some opportunities uh, for some, well, let's just say some heartfelt discussion, some, some church things I'm going to share with you. Some of you I don't know, forgive me. Uh, over the last three months I've been on a retreat, missions. I've been on a missions trip the last three months. Uh, I've been in uh, fighting cancer with Susan Aldana. Uh, she's doing amazing. Praise the Lord that there's no more detectable cancer in her body right now. She, uh, she has non-detectable, a visual and CT scan. That means she's clean. We're doing eight more treatments of, of sterilization radiation. Normally, they, they've never seen a case where stage 3B has been this readily accepted. But it's been, it's been the, the most trying time in my life. I've gone through some things, but this is, this is uh, life's been a vacation till this last three months. So I got to lose about 26 pounds for those of you who ever want to go through something like that. That's been a blessing. Uh, praying and fasting has become my, my, my modus operandus. And if you don't do it, please get on it. Praying and fasting as Christians, it's a, it's a lost thing. If you don't do it, you're really missing out. You're robbing the opportunity of God to pour into you. So maybe some of you have heard of this passage, huh? Ecclesiastes 3. There was a song done in the 60s by, this, by a band, I think called The Birds, remember? To every season. Don't do it, Donnie. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Let's pray before it gets crazy, huh? Again, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time. And Lord, we, we, I, I guess where I'm going to go with this, Lord, you know, Wednesday night is Bible study night, but let's call this life study night tonight. Let's do that, Lord. We want to do a reflection genuinely of what you're doing in us and pray that you'd stir us and compel us into falling one more in love with you into affecting the world around us. We'd ask you to use these desperate souls. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all the men of God and women of God and the church of God and the brothers and sisters of God said, Amen. Amen. There could be a lot of things that you know, go through your mind. I know some of the times when we hear 60 songs, for some of you who are some of the age, there could be a time where I, Ooh, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I know that uh, sometimes there's things that trigger mechanisms in your mind. But, you know, uh, I've heard the song, and you guys have heard it, but th- 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 that was a... Actually, uh, the birds ripped off uh, <laughs> King Solomon. No pun intended, but uh, we're going to we're going to dwell on this passage on time tonight. 
I'm going to give you some background, a little hysteresis on some background on, on this passage before we start. Some of you might know it's written by King Solomon. He's the richest man ever, 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 ever. He makes uh, Bill Gates look like a millionaire, not a billionaire. But he was the richest man ever. He, uh, he acquired his riches, and I say this humbly because I have been reflecting on this. And he, he, he got these riches, and not that riches is anything, please hear me when I say this, is to attain for, but he got these riches out of, a, out of humility. In the beginning, this man, when he was chosen to be king, he asked the very best question any of you guys could ever ask of God. I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know how to lead these people. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do. If you're not with me and you don't give me wisdom, this is, this is lost. And I say this to you. It's a true statement for all of us, my friends. And, and, I, and I'm going to challenge us today to, to, to really start thinking about your wisdom versus God's wisdom, the process of how you process, and, and what you're doing with it. Because it's free. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him what? Oh, good. It's Wednesday night life study. The church should know what's going on on Wednesday nights. James 3.17 says this, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. You know, through humility, God gave this man more than what he asked for. He gave him more than what he asked for. He gave him more than what he asked for. And I think that sometimes we rip God off by us putting what we want to ask God for. If we put ourselves in the position, and we, God, we, we can't rip God off, but we rip ourselves off of the blessing. By saying, God, this is what I want. And he's like saying maybe sometimes, I want you to have this, but you got to go through this to get this. And that's where I'm at in my life right now. And I want to encourage you with that. Because sometimes in the midst of these things that we're going through, how can there be wisdom attained from this? But there is in everything. In everything. But it comes from humility. Solomon built temples. God's glory was revealed to him. Solomon, and, and, and I say this, Solomon at this time, when he, when, before he got to this point, before he, he, was, he obeyed. He was a godly man. God blessed him with wisdom. And he blessed him with so much stuff that people used to travel to come and talk to this guy, to understand things. People used to come to, to, the, to the portico to hear him, Solomon's porch, to hear this guy talk. He was so versed in everything. The guy was brilliant. God poured into him wisdom. But in the end of his life, we know some of the stories that, you know, he didn't, he uh, and here, here's the thing, and, and I'm going to say this to you humbly. So with the increase of knowledge, earthly knowledge, not godly wisdom, comes sorrow, guys. How do I, what do you mean? He became educated, and he became intrigued and entertaining. He wanted to be fascinated by learning. He wanted to be enthralled by the understanding and the learning and the process. That's one of the scary things sometimes about when we get educated in, 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 in theology is we lose the heart of God. We lose what he's really trying to do. And that's a truth. I've seen it happen with many, many, many men of God. They don't, they don't get what God's after. God's after a what? That's after our heart. Not after what your mind wants to do. Now, if I say anything heretical, I know there's many godly men in here. But I am not. I'm speaking from wisdom in this point because I've been to that point where I can go, yeah, I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. This is the way Bible study needs to be. You know, Bible studies aren't set up for that reason. They're set up for you to grow and for us to grow together. They're set up for us to be able to be imparted, to grow together in the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? He realized, you know, becoming educated, he became intrigued with entertaining. At the end of this, he realized he was empty. 
He then became a hobby guy, this Solomon guy. He started doing gardens, landscaping, started building great stuff, great buildings. He became empty. He realized at the end of it, this is the, the, the joke in the story, he realized at the end of this thing, he had to give it to somebody else. All this stuff he amassed, all this stuff he did, I'm going to give it to somebody else. And that bummed him out. Empty again and not fulfilling. Have you read the last passage of this book in Ecclesiastes 12, 19 through 14? 9, 9, 9 through 14. I'll read it to you. The context is the whole duty of man. It's the last chapter, the last the chapter, uh, chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. If you want to turn there real quick, I'll wait. Three, two, one. This message will self-destruct. And moreover, because the preacher was wise... He still taught the people knowledge, yes. He pondered and sought out and set in order many Proverbs. And Proverbs, great, great, great stuff, guys. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright, words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of the scholars are like well-driven nails, not given to the shepherd. And further, these admonish, my son, of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh, wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Listen to this. Are you ready? Bible College 101. For God and fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Part of the sad part about this is Jesus is my guys, Jesus, Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and this is one of the few things I will quote of John Piper, but I do like this. Jesus is our most satisfying reality. Amen? Heard Bill Strickland quote that, and that's a truth. Jesus is the only thing that satisfies. Your end will end like Solomon in the acquisition of knowledge, to desire to be something that God doesn't want you to be. He wants you to be in love with Jesus. Everything that even the Proverbs write about, everything that the Bible, the book you're holding, points to Jesus. Solomon said, you could have the whole world and lose your soul. It's not enough, church. So let's go to the first verse. We'll go back to your Bibles now to verse 1. We're going to throw the bird's song out of our head. It's gone, right? It's a holy place, holy moment. Consider times and seasons and purposes of God. Consider times, seasons, and purposes of God. I'm a very, very, for me, repetitious guy. So that's why when I do that, I like, because what the Word of God says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the... The more, the more times you say it, the more times you get in, inside this thick head. Consider times and seasons and the purposes of God. Verse 1. There's an appointed time for everything. And there's a time for every, a time for every event under heaven. You know, I find it interesting, guys. And this is something that I've been coming through. And it's on that one, too. Do you see that? That verse on the wall, I don't know what version you have. That's a New American Standard, the New King James, the King James, and I think the ESV, I don't know for certain, all list a dash after heaven. You ever notice that? These are things that I notice. I like to peel back things and think about them. You know, and I find it interesting that I don't know if it's coincidental. I didn't do any history study on it, but I think, you know, what, what is in between the year we're born and the year we die? There's a dash, isn't there? There sure is. There's a dash. And I think about that because, you know, there, there are things, you know, when, when we walk on 
we see tombstones and whatnot, that dash of time, what you're in, that season in your life, these are the things that we reflect on. These are the things that somebody will say something of. I stop now to reflect on my good friend, AJ, who used to sit right where you're sitting. Yeah. And her husband. Uh, what a beautiful woman. I can't wait to see her again. She's with Jesus. Amen. She fought the good fight. So this message is dedicated to you, AJ. Thank you for your witness. Thank you for your, st- your stalwartness. And thank you for being bold. Boy, she used to call me out too. You were too nice not to them on Wednesday night, she said to me. Me? You could have Wow. Amen, sister. She's with Jesus. And, and I look back at these things and I think, because I've had, I've, had, uh, I've had some time to think in the last three months, and we'll go through that. But these, these verses, we look at them introspectively, start asking ourselves some questions. There's a point in time for everything. Is there time for every event? Every event. Did you know that every event is appointed by God? Say yes, amen. I was writing this Bible study next to my wife at the hospital bed, at the cancer ward at St. Joseph's Hospital watching my wife uh, get better from the treatment that is set apart to kill her and kill the cancer. Just, it's, it, that's, what, that's what cisplatin and radiation are for. If you don't know cancer, the way that we kill it is by trying to kill the person, in essence, and kill the cancer, uh, give you steroids to weaken your immune system so that the, 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 the targeted radiation and drug that they use their cisplatin or carbonate will be able to destroy the cancer cells that are there. That's how it works. And in that demise comes a person's body becoming weak and fatigued uh, to the point of, well, to the point of lots of stuff, infections, just all kinds of nasty stuff. But watching somebody go through it is, has, been, has been a, it's been one of those things in life that's that song sweetly broken it's one of those things that it's been the greatest it's been the worst of times it's been the best of times not to steal anything from charles dickens but uh it has been to see what god is is doing with us i I have never loved so many somebody as much as i have going through this season and writing this bible study and thinking to you thinking to myself this is a season in my life this is a time in my life i didn't sign up for this the last three months, I was in Israel three months ago with some of you guys. I got to go to Bible college there. I, I've read the Bible, I don't mean this to be boastful, hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Before Susan, that was my, that was my job, was reading the Bible. I'd read books upon books of the Bible every night. That's what I did. I didn't have, the kids were, it's another story. Anyways, that's what I did. I read the Bible. And when, when I got to see the living, where, where, where my king walked, I was like, Wow. Praise God. This is life-changing, and it was. It really spoke to me about many things internally that the book I've read, I see now. Am I right? Amen? Then I got back for two weeks, and, I, and, and Susan and I have been going to Mexico for almost every year that we've been married. So two weeks later after that, uh, we went to Rosarito to do our annual missions trip down there. And she had been battling. Um, I say this to you, ladies and men. If there's something going on with your body, go to the doctor. <laughs> just, just go. 
don't put it off. She thought there were some things going on with her change of life, which is, you know, and I don't think she'll mind me sharing that. If you do, baby, I'm sorry. Love you. So that being said, she ended up getting a kidney infection, but she didn't think that us going to Mexico, she'd right, receive the right and proper care. And, uh, okay, it's the first time I've ever gone to Mexico without her on a missions trip since we've been a part of Calvary together. And I got back that Monday night. A Sunday, yeah, Monday night, we got back, and I got told in the car that I had that she had cancer. Now, God had already spoken to me on the, on the way down there through the man who's going to be doing our, our men's advance, guys, John Randall. We were listening to him, and that's a whole other study that I'm going to share up on there. But for those of you who were in the van, you know what happened. God told me my wife had cancer, and this was going to be our mission trip. And I, and I cried. I got out of the car when we got to Mexico, and I got alone. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm not signed up for this mission trip. I, I, didn't, I don't want it. I'm here in Mexico. This is where you need to use me, not in St. Joe's. Not in St. Joe's. That's not, I, no, no. He said, yeah, you're going. To not to tell you anything, but one day you'll get to hear Susan, ladies, Lord willing, you get to hear Susan's testimony on this thing. It will rock your world, what God has been doing in her the last four months and preparing her for this. But being that all said, this season in time, you start asking yourself these questions, the real questions of life. Not, 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 the, not, the, not the fake ones, but the real questions. When you're at life's precipice, the peak of life, because that's where we're at right now, the thinking of like, wow, you know, God, life is good. I like my life. And to have it gone, what you think is normal within three months is, is it's tough sometimes. It's tough, and it's okay. It got quiet in here. I kind of like that. But it's really challenging. It makes you ask these, these big, dwell, make, makes you ask the tough questions of life, and it makes you ask these kinds of questions when you read the Bible like this, you know, dwell on these verses. So the first point of application tonight is as asking you this question as you dive into God's Word. You know, how would you do this from this Bible verse? Because I want to teach you something about this, because this, this is how this Bible study came to me in just reading the Bible, sitting there next to my wife, studying and praying. I'm going, to I'm going to show you how this works. You know, back to verse 1 and the question to yourself, Lord, am I appointing all my time to you? Am I appointing all my time to you? Well, it's not my job to be the pastor, really. It's not my job to be a leader, really. It's not what God's saying. He's saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you at? Am I considerate of you in all my daily decisions, God? Maybe some of you don't even ask. Please do. Do you take God into consideration in all the decisions or just make decisions without talking to him about it or talking with him? Do you ask and remember, yes, Lord, I know that you're, you know what's going on in my world. You know, I'm a, and this is something I always rest in. None of this takes God by surprise. None of this stuff. You know what's gone. But, but the question I've been really, really asking myself, do you ask God? And then the next question after I ask him, God, what would you have me do? And then the last thing, isn't so much as singing, which is a part of worship, but do you worship him through it? That's been the tough thing, learning how to re really worship, because the guitar, I think those are great and whatnot, but falling on your face and on your knees, I love you, God. I remember the promise I told you that not even her would come between me and you. Speaking those things again, knowing how much God loves me, knowing how much even more he loves my wife and allowing this to happen, 
has been a tough one. And I know many of you have gone through this stuff. I'm here. I'm not asking for a woe is me. Please don't. I'm not here for that. But I'm here to share with you the truths of God's word. And man, he is real, powerful, strong, and, and, and will get you through this. Amen? I'm living testimony of that. I can tell you that as much as I'm breathing air right now. There's nothing. I hate saying that, so I'm going to recap that. I want to do as much as God will let me do for him because I got a lot of things I want to do now, but I want what God has put in my heart. And he's put a couple things in our heart that we'll be talking to you about down the road. Do you ask God all these questions? And I, and I remember here reading this book called Big God by Britt Merrick, and, and he, he shared this, which was a life-changing moment when his little girl died of cancer. But he said this, how big is your God? How big your God is, is all relation to how big your problems are. Big God means little problems. Little problems, little God. How big is your God? My God is big, man. I've seen him do some unbelievable things in our mission strip. Are you with me so far? Time is short, guys. Time is vapor. Psalm 90 teaches us that, we, that God numbers our days. Our days are, times is short. Psalm 90 says that. 1 Peter 4.3 teaches us to remember our past lifetime. And do not do the will of the Gentiles, doing the work of the world. Remember those times? Singing those bird songs, probably doing things that you shouldn't have been doing. Who knows what you were doing, but you know. The things of the world, the, the what was, not who is you now in Jesus. Amen? Ephesians 5 says, walk circumspectly, seeing the time is short. Buy back the time, guys. Don't squander it. Every opportunity is an opportunity. Every, every footstep is a second chance. Everything forward is forward. We're salmon, guys. The church are salmon. Swimming forward to breed, to drop eggs, to die. That's what we're called to do, to give up life, to make life, to go against the current, to, go, to be people of character and conduct that people would look upon us and go, what is wrong with that guy and how do I get it? That's what's been going on with me and Susan. It's been the truth, man. It's been the total truth of just, love, of just loving on people. And I'll tell you guys a couple stories. But that's verse one, guys. We don't want to squander time. Do you squander time? Yeah, everybody in here does. It's okay. How we doing, church? Okay? Verse 2. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. You know, remember this, guys, when you read these two. Solomon, th this isn't one of those contexts where it's like, yeah, that's the... He's being flippant. He's being very arrogant in these comments. He's, he's, he's overviewing this like, yeah, yeah, there's a season for this. Time to give birth and a time to die. You know, because th remember, this guy is smarter than everybody. God gave him wisdom. He understands, he, he probably understood some quantum physics at this time. He understood that the earth was round before many other people, many, many scholars believe it. He understood butterflies. He understood all the things that were going on. That he, he was brilliant. So for him, he's being flippant. It's like, you know, trying to talk with somebody really smart, trying to tell a doctor about, you know, a disease that he already knows and has a cure for, and you're telling him what you have. Does that make any sense? That's how smart this guy is. What he's saying is, you know, but what we need to do, we need to do when we read things like this is stop to digest the points as a real eye-opener. That's what I've been doing, and this is what it is for me. Life happens is what he's saying. The great equalizer in life is that one out of people one out of one in this world will die. Everybody in this room has an appointed time. You will be promoted. 
It's a guarantee. No one avoids it. And that's the great equalizer that we have the opportunity to share in this, in, in this divine romance, the ability to encourage others for eternity to be a reality with them. Amen? Birth and new life is always such a beautiful reminder of the gift of life. I know most of you um, know, know this. If you don't, please, you can use it. But in farming, in farming, seeds must die in order to come alive. A seed must gestate. It must give up its shell coat, seed coat, give up all of its energy, cracks, and then the plant comes out. The seed dies. And I think that sometimes the seeds of sin, the seeds of things in our heart, the need for repentance, the need for things in our own life, the reflection again, because I've been a Christian for 25 years, to go back to these things of, wow, I haven't let that die, or, or I haven't gone there, or I haven't let you do this work in me, Lord, or I haven't stopped to ask you, Lord, come up again in our lives, because we get to the point where we're like, yeah, I got this. Or, or you don't even consider that you're thinking that way because you're just doing life. You're just doing life. And God is there on Sunday and Wednesdays, maybe at your local Bible study, your home fellowship group. And you know, I'm not here to, to process or to throw these things at you, but to, to make you think, am I, am I giving you these times, Lord? Am I, am, I, am I processing these things as you would see? You know, and I think about this and, and plants dying, and, and it goes down the second thing, is a time to plant and a time to uproot what is being planted. Why uproot something? I have an answer, so don't. I know, I know. Sometimes the Lord willingly wants plants to grow big, but they don't, they're in the small pot. You guys seen the stages of plants, right? You don't leave a sequoia in a plant list in a, in a baby sequoia in a, in a five gallon bucket, do you? No. You don't. You, and you've seen the saguaro cactuses that they grow, right? They grow them in little things, right? And they transplant them, right? And they keep going. Some of us in our Christian walks, have you been able, been allowing God to replant you? Are, you? are you liking where you're planted? I'm speaking to somebody right now. I know that. I like coming on Wednesday. I like coming on Sunday. Then I want to go home. That's not what Christianity is about. It's about what we do outside these doors. Right now, what, what's happening in here is you're getting tanked up. You're going to get the word of God, getting fuel to go on the rest of the week. And then Sunday, Brett's going to pour into you. You're going to get full. Then he comes back on Wednesday. And in between, then, Lord willing, you're going to a Bible study. Because if you don't, you leak everywhere, everywhere else. And you need to be involved with God's people and his word. Amen? You leak. You think you don't ask God. But the, these, these things, these potentials to grow, it, the ground needs to be more. The, the, you put the big tree, you don't keep it in this little pot, you put it in the ground. So there's no limit to it. So it can get big, right? Psalm 1 people is what we want, guys. We want to be big trees. So you ask the question to yourself, Lord, have I asked you to give me a new vision of something or someone I've been praying for? Have I been growing as a Christian or in the same plot plant as I've been now and I've been for the last five years? This is the way Bible study has to be. I don't like it. I won't go. Are you going to Bible study for you? I always challenge men that when I hear they're not going to anymore. So you were going for you. You weren't going for somebody else then. Maybe God's got to put you back in this thing and you have to sit for a little while longer to figure it out. You're not going. Somebody, I'm going to let you know, guys. Here's a, here's, a, here's a blessing to hear. God has you in there so you can be a blessing to somebody else because I'm going to guarantee you somebody's gone through something that I need to hear about in your life. And if you're not there, guess what? I don't get to hear about it. Amen? You need to replant. You need to get repotted. You need new soil. If you're a new creation, all things are made new, right? That's what the Word of God says. Yes, amen? 
One of the greatest heretical statements in Christianity, and I'm going to deal with this now, is I've heard this one, that's the way I am, or I'm just wired that way. It's almost an acceptance of, of you not wanting to be like Christ. That's what you're saying. It's an acceptance of you not wanting to be like Christ. Do you want to be like you or do you want to be like Jesus? I want to be like Jesus, man. I, that's all, all I want to be like. Seeing, seeing the death that I've seen, being in the emergency room watching two people die with Susan's getting, getting ready to get treatment to go over, hearing two people code in the last two months, watching an open leg operation, this guy's stuff all over and bleeding out because there's no room, room in the hospital as we're waiting to get transferred into the, one of the five times we're there. And I've seen things in the last month. I'm like, ooh, I need to stop and take it easy because I got a good life. Got a great life. But being, being, being going on this missions trip has put some perspective into my heart to encourage you to show you some new things because we're real comfortable, guys. We are super comfortable. And it's okay, is it? Is it like Jesus? Was Jesus comfortable? I think he used to pray all night. Wasn't that, didn't that happen a couple times? And he even said to the disciples, where were you? We're, we're, we're sleeping. How many of you prayed all night in a while for something that God has laid on your heart, for, for one of your kids who's not saved? Who's done that in the last night? I've done it in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, all-nighter on my face, crying. I don't boast in me. I boast in God. When's the last time you did something like that? I mean, seriously, you're getting crazy. Yeah, I am. I've been crazy the last two and a half months. I've been waiting to tell you guys this stuff. I've been waiting to share my heart with you. Wait until I teach this Sunday, Saturday, men, too. You guys are going to get rocked teaching the Saturday's breakfast. I can talk more straight with, with women not there. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm just messing. <laughs> I think most of us, honestly, if we really ask the question as we're stimulated by this, 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 this question, though, and, and, and I mean this honestly, we don't want to be replanted. We, you know what? Because replanting means change. 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 Nobody likes change. Who likes change? I like the change that my clothes are super fit and I have to wear a Another belt and I have to tie the string. That's a good change. That's, that's, that's the only one of the benefits out of it. But other than that, no, I don't like sleeping in a cot that's this wide 23 days of the last 40, but I'm going to do it. You know why? That's my gift, my wife. And that's what men do. It's not about you, Donnie. You lay down in that bed and you sleep with her and you pray with her and you go through this with her because you love her. That's what you do as a man. You don't coward out. You sit there and you go through it with her. It's not about my comfort. It's not about your comfort either, man, women. But many of us, we don't want change. We don't want to obey. We don't want to. If we're being honest, you know, and that's something that I've, I've had to ask God and say, I'm sorry so many times this last month, so many times. Man, I have rebellion in my heart, Lord, and I know it's witchcraft, and I'm sorry. But I do. I have it sometimes. And you repent it, it's over, it's gone. Move on, get on it, get over it, move on. Because he did. As soon as I confess it, good, I'm glad you're here, let's go. That's what he says to me. Are you still thinking about it? Because I forgave you. So that's what you've got to do with your stuff, guys. Get over it, get on it, move on. It's, grace is not cheap. Grace is not this something that we hold on to and beat yourself up with. Because that ain't the Jesus that I've fallen in love with this last couple months. He is not here to be your whipping post. He's here to be your cheerleader your best friend, and more importantly, your Savior, and wants to restore you and give you empowered life, the more abundant life. Amen? 
I think most of us are real honest, though. We don't, we, we don't want this. But our sweet king is good at meeting us wherever we're at, guys. Just take a step of faith. Remember that Timothy says this, you know. We're not going to take anything with us. That's just the truth of it. No, nobody, nobody's taking anything with us. And we're all going to pass through. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Amen? Verse 3. Verse 2 good? You guys with me still? Good. Life study tonight, not Bible study. Life study. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear up and a time to build up. This is going to be a tough one for me to, to keep it together on. So, This one's been, been the, the, the whole crux of cancer treatment for the last two and a half months. You know, thank you for, I'm going to say this to thank you. I, we applaud you. We thank you for those of you who have been praying for Susan. I, I don't know how much. Honestly, and, and, and Pastor Brett and I, we've talked about this in detail and over things in, in life when, when we call. I've never felt people praying for me like I have felt it this last three months. I want to say thank you, guys. Thank you. Because I, I, I give witness to the power of somebody praying for you. There, there were times in this last two months where I'd slept probably four hours in four days, maybe five. You just, you just got to grin and bear it. And there's no way I could do that on my own. There's no way naturally I could ever have done that on my own. There are times when, when Susan would, you know, we would just be praying and crying and realizing that God is in our midst instantly. And, and you know, just the prayers of you guys is just, thank you. She's been a champion, a cancer champion. You know, right now they're going through that um, brachy treatment now because there is no cancer. Normally when they do this, they have some sort left of the tumor. Well, the tumor's gone. Um, the area they're doing now is called sterilization. Because Lord willing, you know, operations are good sometimes and sometimes they're not. I've learned so much about what some people believe is right in cancer and some people believe is right in cancer. There is, I'm let you know there's a lot of opinions too, a lot, good and bad. But the thing is, the cancer still, just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. That's just the way it is, just the way it is. So they're doing a sterilization. They're actually trying to neutralize and kill all the cancer cells in the outlying area so it doesn't come back. This treatment, time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to, what's the first part say? Time to, a time to kill and time to be healed. This is what's been going on with my life. This literal, this literal verse is what's been happening to my wife, literally. I've been watching it happen, literally. They've been trying to kill her in order to heal her. They've been trying to kill the cancer, and that's what cancer treatment is, is to heal her. And it's a blessing that we live in such a time like this that they can do this. It is, man. So it's, it is a blessing, you know. It's a blessing that we get to go. It's a blessing, you know. And the sad thing about it, this, 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 this thinking is archaic. It really is. You know, in, in my phone, I, I, uh, I have more memory than the first computer. I can do more things than I ever had. But we can't cure cancer completely. Isn't that crazy? I mean, to the point of having an understanding. That's because we're, we're fearfully and wonderfully created. The cure for the cancer, even though the disease may get you, the cure for all diseases is Jesus. That's what it's about. It's about Jesus. That's, it's never been more real in my life that, that Jesus is the cure. Amen? And I, I can't begin to tell you more than that. You know, the, the reality of it, it's, an, it's archaic. How many in this room have been affected by cancer? Yeah, a lot of us. It's a serious thing, you know, and it's going to happen. But if you don't feel well or something's going on, guys, you know, go to the doctor. 
Or get somebody to pray for you, too. You know, that God, God, God does miracles by healing, too. I can tell you that. He's used me before, and, and he's not shy in using men. To him be the glory. Another, ver- another note on this is another verse that goes with this verse on an intellectual level. It's 2 Corinthians 10.5. We are destroying, we are killing every speculation, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Is this something you're allowing to yourself to be doing, you know, torn down and heal? Are you still, like I said before, the greatest Christian crutch ever? Oh, that's just the way I am. That's just who I am. That's the way I'm wired. Do you want to be like you or do you want to be like Jesus in you? I think you want to, everybody wants to be like Jesus, don't we? I, th- I do. I, I pray that for you guys. And that comes through, you know, reading the word, studying the word, praying, asking God, coming, holding your thoughts captive, asking God, tearing down. Men, do you need to do something in your house that your wife has asked you to do and you haven't done? Do it. Ladies, do you respect your husband? That's all he really wants. I'm going to let you know right now, ladies. He wants respect. He wants respect. I, I ask these questions, and you know, the, the other thing is, does your wife know you love her? Does your wife know you love her? Those are for the men in the room. You can ask my wife, but I, I guarantee she say yes, because I do. So as we go down these things, tearing thoughts, every speculation, everything, you know, keeping things in perspective, healing Tearing down. Verse 4. Still with me? Wow, time goes fast. I'm not going to get through. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Laughing is good and does one real good. Mourning and dancing. A good laugh makes you feel... How many of you... When's the last time you guys cried laughing? Do you remember one of those times you did that? Oh, We've had a couple of those belly moments this last couple of months. And since she had some swelling, she said, you can't make me laugh because I'm in so much pain. It hurts. Stop making me laugh. There have been times I've had to walk out of the room and, and laugh about things or laugh about each other. And I'm going to let you know now, and this is something else. I took myself a real too seriously. Sorry, guys, if I did that before a couple of you guys. I look at myself now. I'm like, really, Donnie? <laughs> Come on. There's things we need to be serious in. There's other things. It's good to be kind of a goofball. It's all right. It's okay to be have fun. This Christian stuff is awesome. I mean, my whole my whole my whole perception of having fun with Jesus it's been a blessing. I don't want to dwell on the morning dance. You know, if you don't know how to dance, please don't. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Unless you want me to laugh at you. <laughs> Cuz I will. <laughs> and I'll say, "What are you doing? Do you see yourself here? Come on, let's look." <laughs> we used to <laughs> Me and my brother have done that a lot to each other. We make fun of each other, but just just a little humor. Verse 5, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun, uh, shun embracing. Again, flippant. This is kind of flippant. Solomon's like being flippant. Some people don't like hugs. Time to shug, a time to embrace, a time to shun embracing. Um, okay. Throwing stones at this time, though, I think this is kind of funny. I've been to Israel. There is no shortage of rocks there. Let me tell you what. The place is full of rocks. Am I right? It is. There's rocks everywhere. So I get one after I was doing it. I'm like, yeah, they probably threw rocks because eventually they're going to put a house there. And there are rocks everywhere. I mean, it's, it's rocky. You know, pastures, like you think of it here, they're not like that there. there there's some grass and there's some rocks. 
and, and the sheep, and you breadstone, you pass the breadstone in the pictures. It's like that. It's, there's, it's rocky everywhere, so it's a lot of work to move stones. So maybe they play games. I don't know. There's a lot of them, though. Verse 6, a time to search and a time to give up as loss. This is a good part. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Some of us, we ask this question, and this is what I, what, I, what I got from this from praying and seeking God. Some of us don't let things go. We ask God to search our heart and know and try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. Oh, Lord, search me to know me. You know my sitting down. You know my rising up. But then some of us go, we don't ask. We ask God, then we, then we ask God, and we try to figure other outs and say, that's the way they are, and this is what's going on. That's why that person does that, you know. We clinically self, we diagnose people. The world does that, guys. And the certain things that we, you know, that happen in our lives, I'm going to say this. You know, we get it. Some of us have baggage. Some of us had things happen to us as kids, as puppies. You know, it's, it's our makeup. It's, our, it's who we are. It's how we've been treated, you know. And we carry that into our Christian cross, carrying of our Christian cross, as Jesus says. And, and I say that just to say this because I've been thinking a lot about that, you know, being more gentle around people, more loving, softer voice when talking. Uh, don't have to be the one talking all the time. Better listener. Little things that, you know, you pick up on because I'll tell you what, in the hospital, people want to talk because nobody's there. People need, they want somebody to touch them to give them hope, to love on them and encourage them. And everybody does, right? Who doesn't? Some of us carry around these things, you know. Let it go, church. Tonight, guys, you know whatever that thing that I just said that God just put on your heart, you know what it is. Man, let it go. You're carrying on something with somebody else, dude, let it go. You cannot fix it. I'm gonna let you know, you cannot fix anyone. Did you know that? You cannot fix anyone. You can't fix your, your prior marriage situation. You can't fix anything that was your fault in the past. All you can do is apologize, mean it, repent, and move forward. And not be flippant about it, but be true about it. You can't carry around you being a bad dad or mom. You can't carry around you being a bad kid. You can't carry around the things of the past anymore, church. It's part of our, 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 our unsuccessful witnessing of the world. And some of the greatest testimonies that I've seen as of late are, are like when we went to Blythe a couple years ago, there was a guy who was one of the biggest drug dealers in Blythe who got saved. And he's leading people to, to I probably shouldn't say this, but it's true, and I don't care. He's leading people to the Lord all the time, and there are people that want to kill him now. He doesn't care. Dude, I was dead. Now I'm alive. Their neighbor down the street got right with God. You know, that's what brought one of these guys that I knew from my past. Guy was a drunkard, just a drunk. Guy was out there, just got right with God. People see these things and go, wow. But see, the, the family members remember what he was, you know, and those are always the people you, you don't win right away. It was for me for eight years because I was a drunk. But give God the opportunity. You can't save anybody. You get that? Let it go, church. Whatever, what, whatever's going on in your life that's holding you back from receiving a blessing and a promise from God, let it go. Amen? I'm saying this to encourage you. 
As much as it belongs to, it remains to you guys, be at church, be at peace with all men. Going back to the, I, I, you know, some things I've been processing too. Going back to the verse before, I shun embracing, me personally. I, I, I'm going back to this, and I forgot this is my notes. When things don't get talked out. Sometimes in family dynamics or relationships that we don't want to confront, you ever had that situation where you're dealing with somebody uncomfortable and you go, oh, hi, hi. Oh, hi, hi. How are you? Good, I can't stand you. How are you? Every word out of your mouth, I want to just say, oh, I love you. No, just me? Come on now, everybody in our family, everybody's got one, if not four. But in Jesus, we don't do that anymore. We don't. Come here. I love you. I love you so much I want to tear your head off and let you meet Jesus tonight. <laughs> and I've told a couple of guys that before. We can motivate this process to get it going on. You can be with Jesus tonight if you keep going with this way. We think about these things, though, and embracing, you know, one thing we don't want to do is conflict. Who likes confliction? Uh, conflict. Anybody other than me? I love it. Live for it. It's what I do for a living. Conflict resolution. I get you to buy from me. That's what salesmanship is. You say no, and you're going to say yes eventually, so it doesn't matter. So we can work on it however you want to, but I'm going to get you to give me money to the dairyman. But that God has given me, and I mean that because we help people in what we do, but that's what it is, conflict. Conflict. Nobody likes conflict. conflict. Con- nobody likes conflict. The dealing with conflict, though, is a great thing, guys. We don't, uh, 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 do, do you want situations in your life to always be the same? No, gosh, no. We should be the leaders in reconciliation. God has given us that ministry. We should be the leaders in reconciliation, church. The ministry leaders of reconciliation. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what he says in his word for, uh, in Corinthians 18, 19, and 20. After you become new, you get to be reconciled and leading in that. Building bridges of grace. You know, as we go down these, these topics too, you know, the, the church, 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 I'm going to speak to you, church. The world pretty much knows what we're against. It's, it's obvious. I think what we lost touch with is, is, are we for people going to heaven again? You know, the movement started with hippies coming down and ruining the carpet. And Chuck said, after the elders got upset with him, they're ruining the carpet. Well, then take the carpet out. Yank it out. Get over it. And we've gotten to this point again of, of this, this is nice in here, huh? The air conditioner's running. It's beautiful. We've gotten to the point of comfort again, though, church. And this whole, this whole gay marriage thing, amen. Not amen to that, but amen to the opportunity to witness, to build bridges of grace and love. I mean, for some of you who are in this room, and I was not well enough or old enough to process this, but golly, I wish if I was uh, older, let's say 20, 15 to 20 in that area where I could process. I wish I would have been around for Roe v. Wade to see how you guys, Christians, dropped the ball on that, you older Christians, because you did. Sorry, you did. There was no training on how we're murdering babies. There are lives that are being killed, and the, the church isn't crying about it, not educating. We have that opportunity right now, church, right now, with this gay marriage thing. We have this opportunity right now, right now, Oh, it might not be socially acceptable. What do you mean socially acceptable? It's in our face now. What are we going to do about it? You're going to hell, man. No, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to encourage you with all the sins that are going on, the ones that God has delivered me from, and then 
Just know this, no, 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 no civilization with this sin being mandated has ever survived. No civilization with this, with this sin being mandated has ever survived. I'm just saying, I didn't write the Bible, but that's what's going down. So, Lord willing, it should stir some of y'all to build bridges. Because I'm going to let you know, believe it or not, Jesus loves them. Radically loves them. That's a tough one to digest sometimes, but he does, man. He's got mad love for every sinner. We're known for just seeing the errors too many times and not doing things to, to grow in it. Verse 7. Wow, six minutes. I'm not going to finish. I better keep going, huh? A time to tear apart, a time to sew together, a time to be silent, and a time to speak. Uh, this is recycling. Throw it away and recycle it. <laughs> he was the first greenskeeper, uh, green guy. If you can't fix it, hey, if you can get fix it, don't go buy a new one. How many of us do that? How many of us don't like fixing things? Um, if you can fix it, fix it, man. Don't go buy a new one. <laughs> Try to fix it. A time for love. Um, God's, oh, God's called us to be stewards. That's the reality. Verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time to peace. I'm going to i got seven minutes, so I'm going to blow through this. There are issues, guys. You know, a time to love and a time to hate, a time to, for war and a time for peace. A time to have, a time to hate is not a good thing. But I'm going to tell you something right now. There are issues that I hate right now that I'm going to talk to you about. I do hate that ISIS is promoting and has been teaching little boys at the age of eight-year-old to cut off the heads of other people. I've seen it. I watched it in the hospital. You can watch it on videos. Eight-year-old little boys being taught by their ISIS daddies to get a blunt knife and cut off the head of other men. I've seen it. I hate that. You should hate it too. It's not good. I think God's okay with us hating that because that, that life is precious to him. And it comes back to what, what happens when good men do nothing. This whole new Israel pact that we have not got, this thing that John Ferry did. Carrie, I'm sorry whatever. That slip, sorry. He is a fairy. I got to get it, get it together because that guy's crazy. He's got, yeah. Let me say it a different way. This whole new Israel pact that our country signed, Israel is never going to allow for another Holocaust to happen. They are never going to. The Israeli people, they are not. The Jews are never going to let a Holocaust happen again. I've been there. And the week we were there, it came under the news that that, 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 that some two little dumb infidels didn't make Fox News. It never makes our news. But when we were there, we talked to our uh, tour guide. He told me about it later. Where the, where the kids rest before the, all the army kids are there, they carry guns. It's common. There's an M16. It's just the way it is. They protect themselves because people want to kill them. It's not like here and you're a little safe. It's safe to them. There's guns everywhere, as it should be, because these people want them dead. Somebody wants you dead, you protect yourselves. That's just the way it is. If you don't protect yourself, somebody will kill you. And that's where maybe this is going for us. I don't know. I'm not trying to prophesy or anything, but maybe this is going where we're going. Anyway, some, some crazy kid tried to kill a bunch of soldiers the soldiers got out of the way, wrecked the car. They yanked the kid, they yanked the guys out, and they killed them on the spot. They didn't say, oh, let's go to drudge and trial for you trying to kill me. They yanked him out of the car, and they killed him. Justice done like that. 
The Jews are not going to tolerate what just John, John almost said again, John Kerry just did. There will never be another Holocaust, church. They will not allow it. They will hunt down and kill any threats that are against them. I don't really think this is where this, this is going, but I hope, I hope they don't think, because Christians, we love the Jews. We're called to, but our country doesn't with what just happened. Our country doesn't. I'm sorry, the current administration doesn't. I'll say it better that way. Israel will defend itself. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 9, 10, and 11, as we finish up, what profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I have seen the task which God has given the sons of men in which to occupy them. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart. Yet so that man will find out the work which God has done from the beginning even the end. The summation statements of the rant of King Solomon in this bird song is this. Many of you have seen the fruits of your labors. Many of you are retired. Don't work anymore, right? You got a good pension. Good for you. Praise God. Is the word retired in the Bible? Let me know where the verse is. I'd like to see it. I think it's great to be retired. I really do. But I just, you know, I asked for a verse for it so you can help me with it. You can occupy your time and serve in ways that you don't even ever thought of. And not here. That's the, the other thing. You've got to serve at church. No, dude, do something for God. I don't know what it is, but pray to every season. Turn, turn, ask God. Lord, I heard this crazy guy on Wednesday night tell me I need to serve and serve in this time thing. What would you have for me? If it's here, yeah, we need help in children's ministry all the time. There are kids that, that could benefit from your wisdom. And you could benefit from remembering what it's like to have kids. Amen? No. Like, no, nah, don't make me go to children's. <laughs> I miss it. Kids are awesome. They're a lot better than adults sometimes. Whether people think or not, eternity has been put in their hearts. We all have a need for Jesus is what he's saying. Everyone is without excuse. There is no way this all happened literally by chance. There's no way. And, and we, we get it. Stop arguing about it with them and show them love. Stop getting into theological debates about things. You know, that's how I won my brother-in-law of the Lord. What about the African in, 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 in his master's degree in education and uh, something? Sorry, Christian, I know you watch this, but I'm putting you on the spot. He uh, loves the Lord now. He's going through cancer, too. He's been healed. But I would talk to him, and he's like, dude, smart people, it's the worst thing is being smart sometimes. They think they have all the answers, especially for spiritual things. And I said, dude, I don't know about this, but I was this, and I love God, and he's changed my life, man, and I love you. I love you. And if I can tell you about this, and you've seen what's done for me, man, think about it. Boom, done. On fire. Little brother, same thing. Crazy, insane Christian right now, my little brother. And he, the example is to love, not to debate, not to win theological things. And there's a time for these things. There is, when people need to be shut up and say, you know, that's not biblical. But there are things that we need to do by expression of faith, by showing grace and being admins of love, ambassadors of love. Amen? Amen. You know, we, we got to a little testimony before we go. We're going to finish up. All the work that is done is vanity, en encouragement, vanity. Everything you've done that you haven't done for King Jesus is vanity. That's what God says in his word. Another word for it is it's kind of like nothing. Our mission trip that we've been on has lasted three months, probably going to be about another month. 
And then we start reconstruction, repair, rebuild, and reconstruct. That's, it's funny how that's the theme of our men's advance, too. I don't find it coincidental how that came about, too, in my life, because that's what's going on in my life. It's a cheap plug right there for you guys. You have another couple days to sign up for 10 bucks cheaper, and then we're raising the price on you. Try to do it, and it's been good. Go to ccsurprise.org and do it there. We got to encourage this last week. This is a great story, real quick. We got to encourage a CNA, this lady. She's on fire, and we're, you know, you know how you get Christian, you get Christian y with Christians. You're like, yeah, I'm on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now what? Well, what? Now what? Well, yeah, you're on fire around me. What are you doing outside of here? She said, what do you mean? Well, there's people that you could pray for all the time here. No, I can't. Yeah, you can. Trust me, you can. Ask them. They can say no. Who are they saying no to? To you and to Jesus. Okay. They're going to fire you from it? They'll probably warn you, but this is a free country. That day we prayed for, she got to pray for six people, and every one of them wept and thanked her for it. She found us the next day and said, oh, thank you so much for telling me about this. I'm like, you could have been doing this the whole time, but don't worry about it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Nobody wants to do that. You guys don't want to do that, huh? Yeah, you do. Trust me. The guy at the gas station you pump and gas to, everybody has the waitress when you go to. And we've, numerous have, we've been doing that for years, the waitress thing. Everybody wants prayer. Everybody needs to hear about Jesus. Everybody wants to know about the love you had. You know, there's that, the Penn and Teller video that, that Pastor Brett showed. Show love to somebody. Show love to somebody. So the question for the point application is, for tonight, going back to it, what time is it for you? I told you my last two and a half months. What time is it for you, church? Closing song, man? Come on up. Lord, as we, as we sing a song, we ask this question of ourselves, knowing that the answer is going to be given to you. You're going to give it to us. It's a tough question, but it needs to be asked. We don't want to be babies anymore, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We want to be men and women of God who make an effective stamp in this city of surprise and out to the ends of the world. So we're your church, and we've been charged up and fed. Now we ask ourselves, and and the Holy Spirit, we do pray that you would not leave anybody alone here until they ask that question of themselves tonight and give it to you and eagerly anticipate the answer because you're not going to ask them to go to Africa. Well, maybe, I don't know. But wherever you send them, Lord, you always say in your word, I will always be with you. We stand on that promise. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. Amen, Amen, church. Thank you. Have some fun with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. Make the world beginning, Jesus. All its joys are but a thing. What is love but forever? Defended life above, yeah, Lord, we love you. Take the world, forgive me, Jesus.